Hello, my podcast family. So, I haven't been on in a while. A lot of things have happened in my family. Um, my dear loved one passed away uh, January 11th and had been sick for a while. Uh, my father's been sick, so I've been going through a few things. Um, so, I'm going to start back with my uh, podcast now. So, I just wanted to start off with some things that I've already had uh, and that I believe that I probably need as well. So, um, before I go to bed tonight, I want to go ahead and start this off. So, um, this is something that I've done before and I don't think I've actually recorded it. So I think it'll help. Uh, do you need restoration in your life? The word restore appears 136 times throughout the Bible. Five ways to restore your spirit. Number one, is to rest. Sleep was was designed to have a restorative effect on your entire being. While you sleep, your body rejuvenates and your energy is conserved. Sleep can quite literally, quite literally heal your heart by decreasing the likelihood of inflammation around your heart. Getting more than six hours of sleep a night every night will sharpen your memory and increase your emotional stability by starving off depression. Number two says reconnect with God. It is remarkable how quick we can turn away from God when things do not go the way that we believe they should go. During times of great disappointment and hurt, we can intentionally or subconsciously disconnect from God while we basically like lick our wounds from the pain. But how can we heal when we cut ourselves off from the source of healing? Use these times of heartache to draw close to God, closer than ever before. If your health allows it, go on a food fast. Drink only fluids and pray throughout the fast for God to show himself to you and to teach you more about who he is. Dedicate specific times to talk and to listen and to listen to God, meditating on him and praying for his wisdom, understanding and guidance in this and in every situation. The third way is to reconnect with people. Withdrawal from your community of friends and loved ones is a normal reaction when we're hurt, betrayed, or embarrassed about our heartache. It is also a surefire way to remain depressed, feeding into the most likely unfounded ideas that because one person didn't care, then nobody cares. Through Though many may not fully understand what you're going through. There are people reaching out to you who will love you through your hard times if you let them. No one is an island. We need each other to survive. Reach back out to those who are reaching out to you or even those who may have cut off even those you have may have cut off and see how quickly your spirit begins to heal. 
Number four, release anger. It takes a lot of energy to be angry. Even righteous anger can take a toll on it, on your well-being. When it contorts itself into hatred and loathing, that hatred can rise like bile in your throat and grow so thick you choke on it if you're not careful. But what if you acknowledge your right to be angry and then release it? What if you choose not to hate those who have made themselves your enemy? There are a few things more more liberating than regaining power over your own emotions in the face of injustice done to you. When you choose to release your right to be angry, you're essentially deciding that your right to be emotional, physical, and spiritual health is more important. But since energy is neither created nor destroyed, your anger must be must go somewhere. Make it count. Use the energy you save. Reroute your energy into purposeful actions. That's the fifth thing. Reroute your energy into purposeful actions. Everything that you've ever done is preparing you for what you will do. That is so important. I want to read that again. Reroute your purpose. Reroute your energy into purposeful action. Everything that you've ever done is preparing you for what you will do. Everything that you've done through or that you've been through is positioning you to become who you were meant to be. If you believe this, then you know that your life and mission are so much bigger than the heartache that you're experiencing right now. With a renewed sense of purpose, every use every drop of anger, hatred, and hurt that you were once directing toward the source of your heartache and reroute it into intentional actions that bring you even closer to becoming who you were created to be. That is so good. And I got that information from ebony.com forward slash faith underscore spiritually forward slash the spiritual slash life slash five ways to restore your spirit dash 405. So I did get that from another source, but hey, I feel like that God has given these, you know, spiritual things so that we all can use them and learn from them. He is so wonderful like that. He uses people every day to touch other people's lives. That's what we're here for. We're all here to connect. God said, go out and multiply, right? Well, he means multiply and helping people too. So just keep that in mind. Deliverance. Let's talk about that. God is the source of healing. Spirit of Jesus heals the brokenhearted. These are the free. These are the things we want to be free from. Certain mindsets, certain hurts, demons, hereditary generational curses. Deliverance is not a one-time and done situation. 
your relationships grow stronger with God you you become set free it's a daily process of following always at the feet of Jesus so it's not just I'm going to go and give myself to the Lord and now I'm okay I can go on and do my thing you have to go every day with a humble heart before Jesus and say God I want to stand in you not in myself not in crystal I don't want to be in myself because being in myself I don't reflect you So I want to put myself aside and try to find the ways that you want me to be. And that's hard. That's really difficult because in ourselves, we want to be angry. We want to hold grudges. We want to be resentful. It says here, releasing hurt and, and fearful. Then you'll have no more replays of that going on in your life, which I have found. And it's crazy because the people that have known me and have seen me in these cycles. The enemy uses them and says, this is just another cycle. Like trying to trigger, trying to pick out the points in my life that, you know, that I had struggled with. But now that I've gotten to this point where I know to release the hurt and the fearfulness, because if I hold on to it, that's like I heard TD Jake say, it's like having, holding a poison in a cup and drinking it and then expecting you to die because I'm holding on to that unforgiveness because I'm giving you power basically by me not forgiving you I have you've got power over me that I should not be giving you right because if I give you the power to say Uh, You know, that I'm still angry with you, that I'm still holding a grudge to you, that I still don't like you, that I don't like how you do me. You know what? I'm thinking in my mind, yes, we have boundaries. We have to protect our heart. So you do want to limit time with the people that have hurt you, but you can't be completely cut off and disconnected because then they'll never see the true goodness of God. And I've found out, too, that confrontation is not a bad thing. Confrontation is an opportunity for you to change your circumstances. For you, if Say, if you have an argument with someone, and you two have just completely quit talking, had no confrontation, had no discussion about it at all, when someone finally comes and brings that back up, It's an opportunity to reconcile. It's an opportunity to work through some emotions that you've been stuffing down, that you've been avoiding the entire time. So confrontation about those feelings is always good. That's why I'm a very straightforward type of person. If someone hurts my feelings, I'm going to tell them right away. I was not like that. Just like I said in the previous discussion, God has took you through things because it's where you're going that matters. It's not where you've been and what you're going through even right now. God is taking you through things because he's making you who you're going to be throughout your journey. And so I was not one to enjoy confrontation. I avoided it at any cost. I wouldn't be around people. I would leave. It was a fight or flight thing. And Crystal would always leave the situation. She didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was always the flight girl. Never a fight. Never stay there and talk about it. Never, you know, explain my emotions. Because I was always fearful of confrontation. So this year, 
during my healing, I have learned confrontation is not bad. Confrontation helps me understand you and you understand me. We may not see eye to eye and we can agree to disagree. You know, everybody's got their own ideas and their own ways of thinking. God made each of us individually. I can't control you. You can't control me. We can agree to disagree. But at least knowing how the other person feels and maybe even why they feel that way, it helps to get to a better understanding. So I appreciate when people are honest and come forward and and speak up about what I've done to offend because that's not ever my intention. But again, you can't change how people see it. So, you know. And if they're harboring unforgiveness, you're never going to convince them to give it up. So I just pray for my for my foes. I pray for them that they will see the light and that they will get a forgivable heart. Um, the Bible says that if you do not forgive, then the Lord will put you over to tormenting spirits and they will torment you. And so some people have become very accustomed to their demons and they will not let go of them. So I pray for people who want to be okay with their their horrible things they're living with because if they can't forgive then they are harboring hurt spirits of hurt whatever you want to call it so if you can't give it give it up you can't get over it you need to pray that god helps you through it and helps you start to forgive because the bible also says if you don't forgive others how will my father in heaven forgive you too So, it goes completely against what I believe. If people are unforgiving. Don't mean you have to forget. You don't have to forget. You're supposed to guard your heart. So, remember that. Don't give them the opportunity to stab you again. Don't make yourself that vulnerable to them no more. Alright, let's see here. Emotional, eight emotional ideas. Maintain boundaries. Say no to things. People will respect your boundaries. Don't take on other people's emotions. I did this. Prioritize yourself. Emotional self-care. Time for my own feelings. Focus on my feelings about things. How do I feel about this? I mean, like, we had a, I had a conversation earlier with someone who disagreed with me. And they came at me with how they felt and why they didn't think that this should happen or that should happen. And, you know, I felt very shameful and rejected because of what they were saying. But then I stepped back and looked at it for a second. And I was like, you know what? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And I do apologize. But I'm also, if you can't, because it was basically saying, I can't forgive you. I can't forgive anything that happened in this situation. I've got like, it reminded me of a football player (laughs) with a stiff arm. I'm not going to let you in. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had this whole mask thing that we were talking about before. I think it was filters I used as an example, but people put a filter in their life and this is how I'm going to see it. And I'm not going to look at it no other way. That is a very stiff armed way of looking at life. If you won't look at it a different way at all, then you are wanting people to stay at arm's distance. So there's that. Um, so yes, maintain your boundaries. Um, people will respect your boundaries. 
Don't take on other people's emotions, which is what I was saying. They were trying to make me feel guilty and shamed because I had done something wrong. Didn't even realize what I'd done. I was just like venting about something uh, to somebody I really cared about and thought it was going to be okay. Come to find out, it's kept us separate for like two or three years. A year at least. So you gotta you got to put that boundary up where... You know, I understand why you feel that way, but it's called forgiveness. And when somebody comes to you humbly and says, I'm sorry that I did that. And then you're like, well, that's fine. But me and mine can't do it. Okay. That's their decision. And I respect that, but it hurts really deep. And then we move on. Um, Let's see here. Prioritize your feelings and how you feel about things. So that's how I basically feel about it. You know, I got hurt. I became vulnerable and let somebody hurt me again. But I've learned now that through this process of my boundaries, I'm not going to let it happen no more. I'll just steer clear since I know how they feel. I'm not going to do it. Um, Create a support system. We are as great as the people who are around us. So that's important too. People who are genuine and sincere and purposeful and are apologetic and are um, forgiving. Those types of people, you know, that's who I want to be around because that's what kind of people I want to be. I don't want to be a person who's not forgiving, not understanding, not empathetic. Um, You know, so each person has to create their own support system. Um, So I found that in many different ways. I've uh, joined um, a core group with Jenny Weaver at one time because I didn't have anybody supporting me at one point. And that helped me. And people didn't understand it, but it did. It helped me. And then I healed through a lot of stuff and was able to now reach out to people individually or in groups and find the support I need. So, there's that. Next, number four, learn to forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself. And you should journal and get it out. Because holding all of the stuff that you have pain of is only going to hurt you. So, remember that. Be kind to yourself. You're kind to other people. Enjoy your own company is number five. I do this a lot. (laughs) Find your own safe place. Enjoy what you love. Music. Podcast. Evaluate. Reflect. Go to the park. Um, Maybe planting. Go to the zoo. Go outside. Make sure you're out in the sun. Enjoy looking at flowers. Book a room at a hotel to regroup. I like that. I mean... Me and somebody did that this weekend, and it it made me not depressed anymore. The day before, I was so depressed. I was in the bed, depressed because my brother passed away, and a very close friend passed away Friday. So, it's just been a hard year already. Um, Then number C, where are we at? Number six, find a way to express emotions. Journaling, music. I write music too, so that does it sometimes for me. Number seven says emotional self-care. 
isn't just for pouring in. I read that again. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So you need to have people pouring in or things pouring into your life to give you strength. And then you can also get emotional self-care by feeling the gratitude of being used by the Lord. I think that's what it says here. Number eight, compliment yourself. Be happy with how you are. Realize your accomplishments. Focus on self a little bit. Rationalization. Oh, that was the eighth. That was the eighth one. Compliment yourself. I don't know where this one came from. I have to look to see what it what it was associated with. Yep, lots of good stuff I found tonight. So this is all I'm gonna do for right now till I find some more material. But I feel like this is something that people would need. I know I've needed to hear some of this tonight as well. So you guys just hang in there. Hold on. We're all safe and in God's hands no matter what happens. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough one. I just remember the scripture that says, wherever we go, we are not alone. He will be with us. It's in Joshua, but I don't know all the numbers. And then Psalms 4 and 8. Finishing up because it's time to go to bed. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, for you alone Lord, make me dwell in safety. There you go, people. Thank you so much for listening again. I appreciate it. I'll be back one more often now. Um, Want to get this started back up and hopefully be able to play some music. I'm having some trouble with my shoulder, so I don't know if I'll be able to play my own music, but we'll see what happens. I love you guys. See you around the merry-go-round. Hello, my podcast family. So, I am actually doing a study on overcoming the root of rejection. And I've been um, working with Jenny Weaver. She has a core group. And she's doing an entire four parts, I believe, on this subject. So, I want to touch base on it and help others who... Well, everybody, basically, because we all have rejection of some kind. And so that's what I'm doing this for. Um, so part one, um, basically, it says God has given us a spirit, <clears throat> uh, the spirit of the Holy Spirit. And it is a spirit that empowers us. Isaiah 61 and 1 and 3 says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of, the, of God's anger against their enemies. 
To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyful blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be great like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So I wanted to bring this side note up and just mention it because people are like, well, I got to fix myself and I got to clean my act up. I got to quit drinking. I got to quit smoking. I got to quit doing drugs. I got to quit cheating on my husband. I got to quit cheating on my wife. You know, all these things people put in between their connection with God because they think they have to be better than what they are at that moment. And they feel like they can never actually get there. So I want to make sure I read this to you that I wrote. Um, so the power from the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with how good you have been. We all have a past. But even then, this power was planted within us like a dormant seed waiting lying dormant waiting for you to acknowledge and begin feeding the Holy Spirit with your attention no longer dormant but alive and working in you and through you so again you don't have to wait until you're good enough because the Holy Spirit was something that God gave us for his own delight at the end there it says Lord has planted for his own glory. So we're basically seeds and eventually we're going to be like a huge great oak that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So just remember that the seed that he's planted within us is the Holy Spirit, which empowers us. <clears throat> so as far as rejection, according to six, uh, Isaiah 61, 1 and 3, actually, I think I went further down than that. The Lord will make it up to us for all the hurts that we've experienced in life. God will give us beauty for ashes, healing for harm, restoration for destruction. Rejection is the opposite of God, of what God's desire for you. His love for you is unconditional. Let's read in Romans 5, and I think I went down to, uh, to verse 11. But God showed... And I'm reading NLT, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, Jesus, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Jesus' death was enough to bring all of the brokenness back together and fix us together with the Father now. There is no hurt that heaven can't heal. That's a Crowder song and it's so beautiful because it's true. So many hurts and rejection and pain and things that's happened in this earth, nothing can be too great that heaven can't heal it. Even murder, the Lord can still change that heart 
and affect that life so that they can have repentance and come back to the Lord. A sin is a sin. So murder is just like as if you were gossiping. Gossip is not is a sin. Basically, it's a sin, too. So when you find yourself gossiping about someone, you're actually doing the same type of a sin as murder. So anything that you do that's out of the alignment of God is a sin. So you have to look at it as that as that severe. So when you do things that are not of God, you are basically separating yourself again from the Lord. And so you have to go back and repent and ask the Lord to, you know, heal you. The best way to do anything that you've had anything that you're still working with, addiction, pornography, um, drugs, adultery, anything like that, you need to ask God to come into that situation and heal that part of you. Because in yourself, you can't. You can't do it. We're human, and we want what we want. We're made in the image of God, and God basically is a very... He's not He's not a God that is selfish. He, you know that because He gave His only Son. But because we have the knowledge, the same as God, we try to put ourselves above God, just like the devil did. And so by us doing that then we think that everything we do is okay and we we live in our own little world like a little bubble but honestly it's against god if you're not in the same alignment as god and so that's why jesus came so that he could bring us back to the father so you know even though we sin and we do things that are wrong because we're human, it, it, even, it doesn't even mean that Christians are going to walk a perfect walk. I've gossiped, you know what I'm saying? And before, you know, I had a medical condition that would not allow me to drink anymore because it bothers me, I would have a glass of wine. Um, you know, those types of things. Now, it doesn't say anything biblically about drinking, smoking, or drugs, or anything like that. But it does say that your body is a temple. And so you're supposed to treat your body more purely and healthy, even like overeating, uh, which I struggle with. I love food. (laughs) So we all have to ask the Lord into those places and say, God, help me to get a different mind change because we can't change our own mind. Like we think we're okay. We think we're doing everything perfectly. But if we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I know this isn't right and I need you to come in and help me fix that then he will do that. You have to, you have to, the, the Bible says, if you knock, he will open the door. So you have to ask him. That's where that redemp, um, the, um, ask for forgiveness. When you go in and ask for forgiveness, you are knocking on the door saying, father, I'm wrong. Please let me in. Please fix this. Please understand me. Please, you know, this is all relational type of things that a relationship with God really is. All that was severed when Adam and Eve had their problem in the garden. And basically they were separated from God. He told them, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of um, good and evil or you will surely die. That was what he told them. And when they did that, then they cursed themselves. Then Jesus brought, or God brought Jesus to us. And I had this implanted, and this is not biblical, but this is something that the Lord had shown me. 
because I was so upset. I wasn't really upset. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but I thought, man, this is really ritualistic. And they, you know, he talks about how we don't have to go into the priest anymore and all this. And I thought, you know, Catholics do communion. And so communion was really a stronghold for me. And I didn't even realize it until the Lord showed me this one particular thing this past Sunday at church. No, the, the Sunday before. Basically, um, he said to me, you know, the Lord was crucified. He was placed on a cross. The cross had to go down into the ground so that it would stand up. So it was basically planted and it was as if it was a tree. And even in the Bible, it says that Jesus is the, um, the vine and we are the branches. It talks about a tree in some references in the Bible. So if you think about it, when we do communion, when he did the last supper and he started the communion, he told them, do this in remembrance of me. And he gave them the bread and then he gave them the wine that represented the blood. And so these actions of them taking the, um, the bread was sort of the same thing. The Lord showed me from when Eve took the apple and ate it or whatever kind of fruit it was and ate it. And so when we do communion, we're basically doing the same thing that Eve did, but we're bringing ourselves back to God because now he is the tree of life and he is, you know, Jesus is all the things that the tree of knowledge took from humanity. So with us doing communion and remembering Jesus, when we do that, now we are bringing ourselves back to communion with God. And now we have a fellowship with him. And it is so beautiful. I was just amazed that God dropped that into my spirit because I really struggled with it. I was like, this is so, you know, traditional. And this is so the opposite of what I thought we were doing, you know, because Jesus came to basically fulfill the law, but at the same time, get rid of the law because we live under grace. So I was like, why are we having to do this when Jesus did it all on the cross? And then it came to me that day when we take communion, we are bringing ourselves back against what Eve done with the fruit and bringing ourselves back to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he's the only way to get back to heaven. So I just think it was beautiful and what a wonderful, you know, way. I mean, I don't think anybody's even preached on that type of thing before, um, but I can definitely see how the Lord would use that to bring us back to him as well. So it was wonderful. And uh, so this rejection that we have is definitely not of God. It's of the enemy. And we need to move away from that. And we need to heal from that. And so we ask the Lord into those rejected areas of our life. Maybe you was adopted. Maybe you were rejected by your parents, a spouse, a job, maybe a promotion that you wanted and you didn't get it. And then you feel rejected and you start telling yourself, oh, I'm no good. I'm a loser. Um, I'll never amount to anything. Nobody will ever love me. I'll never have a place of my own. You know, just all these negative things. And the enemy wants to keep us in bondage and keep those strongholds on us. So I'm just letting you know that you need to get into the word and get your relationship with the Lord strong. And he will help you with all of the rejection. We're going to continue to talk about that. I'm going to continue to do more of those. So I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, thank you so much. You guys have a blessed day. I'll see you around the merry-go-round.